0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thir- uh, thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome to today's program, Jason Nurmi, who's Global Strategic Account Manager at Blue Jay Solutions. And today we're going to talk about the value of integrated supply chain technology. Now, the need to have, you know, a holistic and integrated view of, of your supply, supply chain has always been important, but it's arguably even more important than ever today as, you know, customer demands around cost and quality – and, and service, you know, just becoming more demanding, you know, than ever before. But, you know, one of the limiting factors or one of the challenges that companies have had historically have been, you know, they've operated in this very fragmented technology landscape, you know, that, that's kind of been a challenge to achieve, you know, that integrated, uh, you know, technology view. So how do you achieve that? Um, you know, what are some of the, uh, you know, steps that companies ought to, ought to take to get there? You know, how do you get started to, to do that? And, and ultimately, what's the value proposition? What are, what are the benefits that, you know, companies can achieve by having integrated technology, uh, you know, integrated supply chain technology. Well, those are some of the questions we're going to address in, in today's episode. And it's great to have Jason uh, on the program to, you know, share his insights and perspective on this topic. So uh, Jason, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Adrian. Appreciate the invite to be on today.
0: So so Jason, we've had many of your colleagues from uh, Blue Jay uh, Solutions on the program over the years, and uh, but this is your first time. And like I do with you know, first time guests. Uh, I always like to find out a little bit about their background and you know, how and why they got involved in supply chain logistics to begin with. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your career path and kind of how you got involved in supply chain and logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Blue Jay. Sure,
1: well it seems like eons ago now, but uh, I first got my my first start into logistics in the food uh, production management and distribution uh, and warehousing. Uh, acted as a supervisor and production manager in both the uh, discrete uh, line manufacturing, as well as into the warehousing. Subsequently, went into more of a discrete manufacturing environment as a warehouse uh, manager, and then back in around '97, had an opportunity to get into the technology side of things, and and that really kind of launched my uh, supply chain and uh, in, in the technology sector. Uh, so it's it's really culminated my experience in supply chain with technology which leads to the role I've had uh, at BlueJay for the last 13 years, has really been in our solutions uh, from uh, various management responsibilities, uh, managing teams and managing uh, customer uh, accounts, as well as uh, now in my current role, uh, really playing sort of an architect between our global solutions uh, product suite in our customers in both the domestic and a global footprint uh, sector where I'm trying to help our customers find value in exactly this integrated supply chain solutions
0: great no great great experience there I mean I uh, so you obviously in, in the front lines of, of uh, you know distribution and, and logistics and supply chain and then kind of made the shift over to, to the technology realm I always think it's always important you know I started my career in, in new product manu- new product development and manufacturing you know over at Motorola. And I think being on the front lines of any kind of operation, whether it's manufacturing or logistics, you know, just provides a wealth of experience and perspective, mm-hmm. particularly then if you move on into other roles, particularly in, on the technology side, because you've been in their shoes <laughs> and you, right. you kind of have that, you know, uh, a firsthand experience yourself to help inform, you know, the solutions and, and be able to have those informed conversations with clients. Um, so so let's, let's dive into the topic now and let's start by defining you know, integrated supply chain technology. I mean, uh, are we talking about here, you know, having a single, you know, technology or a single solution that does everything around supply chain management or about integrating, you know, multiple supply chain applications together or or something different altogether?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And the way I would approach that is from, from my experience of what I'm seeing is we're really talking about a combination of technologies services and I would say supply chain partners that holistically integrated into an end-to-end solution encompass that what we call the integrated supply chain uh, that, that help customers, you know, approach their entire, uh, I would say their their entire microcosm or, or macrocosm, if you will, these days uh, of a solution suite.
0: Yeah, I, li- I like that definition because it's, it's much more broader. I mean, I remember back uh you know, in the uh, you know, late 90s or early 2000s, a lot of the conversations, I, I can't tell you how many articles I would see. You know, there was all these commentary around, you know, do you go best of breed or do you go, you know, ERP or single solution, right? right. And, and there were so many debates around, you know, B.O.B. or, or ERP. And, and I, think, I think what most companies have realized is that um, you really can't get to one single solution. Um, that, that, that does everything number one because not, not every single solution does everything you know very well and I think from a supply chain standpoint obviously you, you brought up you know thinking about it from in terms of partners as well right mm-hmm. you know you've got partners that have to be part of this whole process right
1: yeah exactly and, and today you know it, it's to, to step back on what you talked about with the uh, uh, the old ERP uh, solution I think there was a push in the 90s, late 90s through 2000 and early 2000s that everybody needed to have that backbone ERP system. And that was great and it stabilized a a lot of businesses on the back end. But even those companies now, I think as they've matured and looked at this global uh, solution requirement, they started to look at how do I pinpoint these best in breed solutions and put them in overlaying on my backbone architecture uh, but then have the need to integrate from – Uh, consistency of data to consistency of uh, visibility. And then also to this point we just made, start incorporating those partners because they're an integral part of that supply chain as well. It's not just the autonomy of I'm doing business myself. It's how do my suppliers impact my velocity? Uh, How do my customers impact my distribution network? And how do my trading partners, such as my 3PLs and my carrier base, how do they help me facilitate on an inbound and outbound supply chain?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I agree. Now, you know, like I said in my opening remarks, I mean, taking an integrated approach to supply chain, you know, management has always, you know, been important, but, you know, it's arguably even more important today. I mean, what are some of the factors that that are making this, you know, a priority today?
1: Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, uh, it's a two-pronged approach, right? It's, it's, we really have a globalization of our economy right now. And uh, we're, we're, Players on a global basis, uh, whether a, a small domestic uh, company in the U.S. or abroad, and I think a lot of that's been brought about by what we, our buzzword, right, the Amazon effect. And but it's true; it's changed the way we need the speed of data, the velocity of data, the adaptability, and with that, it's requiring us to focus on integration of systems, processes, partners, and I think the next step on that, or the the next point I'd bring up, and we maybe have a discussion about that in detail, is you know, it's also this on the horizon is the blockchain. It's how do we start synchronizing data elements together across our integration of not just our system, but other uh, partner systems to to approach this coming down the road in the future.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned blockchain. I think it's arguably, you know, last year in 2017, it's probably one of the the biggest buzzwords or, you know, a lot of, you know, interest in, in that area. It's funny, because when I talk to a lot of you know, supply chain logistics executives. You know, they're interested in blockchain, but they always joke and say, "Don't even ask me to explain what blockchain is because I have no idea." But they kind of have a sense that you know it's something that they need to learn more about, and and it's certainly something that I you know from the technology standpoint. A lot of technology companies are mm-hmm. at least keeping a pulse on and looking into you know seeing what what a value can you know can can come from that. Um, so 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 let's talk a little bit about um, you know the approaches. You know that, that companies are taking to get to this kind of integrated, you, you know, state. I mean, what what are you seeing with the customers that that you work with with respect to the, you know, getting to an integrated technology? I mean, how are they approaching it?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think uh, the the way they approach it is sort of a uh, a result of kind of how they get there. And, and I think the the first thing I'd look at is over the last five or six years, my experience with my customer base in in our TMS world uh, that we've expanded out upon has been a lot of growth and acquisition. A lot of the growth in, in multiple sectors and multiple uh, verticals has been through the acquisition model. What that's done is it's brought about a need for uh, standardization and rationalization of systems. Second, I think, is what we talked about a little bit before, uh, before is that ERP backbone maturity. Uh, they're, they're seeing that it's not a uh, one-size-fits-all. We're seeing that with the advent of technology itself, uh, with the new connectivity methods, with cloud uh, and SaaS uh, offerings, you can have best of breed solutions that, that address specific needs in a vertical or a sector and, and have true optimal or, or cutting edge technology or solutions that you can bridge back into your solution. So I think that's the, the how did we get there and then when you ask about the, you know, the, the approach, I think what you're seeing is a more holistic approach to their supply chain. We're not looking at it, uh, our customer base isn't looking at it saying, um, how do I take this solution and put it in to solve that problem? They're looking at it more as a global scale, as an integration system with technology services and partners all interplaying as part of that holistic solution. And, and you know, it, it, it also brings about a concept of what we call layering. Uh, the approach has been, I don't have to do everything at once meaning I have to install a WMS, an ERP, a TMS, a new CRM tool. Uh, it's I can take best-of-class solutions and layer them in in a strategic initiative uh, focusing on the value each one brings for adoption, stabilization, and then you can move on to the next one. So it allows you the flexibility to sequence as well.
0: So so why is this, you know, why hasn't this been done before? Or maybe, why, you know, why... Um uh, why was this more, uh, you know, challenging in, in the past? I mean, I know one reason was, you know, going back to the whole best of breed versus, you know, ERP or single platform uh, th- discussions of the past. You know, I think one of the, the the arguments against the best of breed approach, if you will, was back back in the late '90s, 2000. Every single provider had, you know, a proprietary, you know, uh, they built the solution in a proprietary language. So, um, you know, putting together proprietary systems was from you know, very labor intensive. Um, if you had to upgrade, it broke everything apart. I think today, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you can, you know, kind of talk about this a little bit. Because of the more modern architectures and the approaches, the technology available today to, you know, integrate, uh, such as, let's say, web services, or XML, that's opened the door, and even cloud services, that, that's opened the door to, to make this more of a reality today. Is, is that right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, when you talk about the cloud services and SaaS, and you talk about where the infrastructure is hosted, the the cost to implement is reduced, right? I don't have to maintain that infrastructure, I don't have to maintain the hardware or the team to support that technology. I can focus on the operational aspects of my technology to adopt and, and adapt into that uh, business process flow. Uh, the architecture in itself, uh, you, you hear the advent of open architecture and mobility and cloud, it provides the connectivity uh, through the middlewares, through the flexibility in formats in which You can take pretty much any uh, native language and make it talk to another language and then aggregate all of those disparate, if you will, systems into a holistic uh, end-to-end supply chain solution because you have the advent of another tool called, what we talk about is the the new buzzword again, is control towers. Aggregated data with control towers for milestone management, workflow management, and dashboard visibility that bring all of those systems together to to single point uh, data and visibility.
0: Yeah, you're right I mean i uh, I've seen you know the the term control tower has mm-hmm. you know various parts over the years you know it becomes hot and then kind of people don't talk about it and it becomes hot again and and certainly hot you know hot again right now, I think for the many of the reasons that we've we've already talked about and it's not just the the, the visibility piece which I think you just alluded to it, it there's more to that right it's the kind of the the orchestrating and the synchronizing you know the workflows across you know the different processes and different applications that ultimately end up doing some of the execution work, right?
1: Right, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's really opened up, um, you know, so what does a uh, control tower solve? When I have that data and, and it's able to be interfacing connected, you know, we used to have this term which says, well, I need real-time data. Well, what did that mean? You know, the, the buzzword has been, I need real-time data. Well, it's, it was hard to dis- differentiate between data for analytical purposes, and data that could drive strategic uh, adaption or change before failure, if you will. And I think what these control towers are offering today is true real-time data through the, the ability to feed real-time data, to have predictive uh, uh, assessment of what the impact of disruptions upstream or downstream can bring to your supply chain. And it gives you really a competitive advantage uh, as a player uh, to adapt to those, to change your model, change your sourcing, change your distribution, change your you know any aspect of your of your supply chain to meet that, and I think you become a much better player with some of the large, uh, if you will, the the incumbent ERP players that are out there.
0: Yeah, that's a good point you brought up. Kind of uh, in some ways, predictive capabilities, and I think part of mm-hmm. that conversation is, uh, or what's enabling that is you know machine learning and, and artificial intelligence you know my predictions for for 2018 that's one of the things i talked about where so you know supply chain visibility was going to get you know clearer more real time and, and more kind of intelligent and more predictive because of of those technologies now being you know layered uh, as part of these uh, as part of these solutions and i would think that things like again xml the cloud services going back to our prior point about how you also need to think about integrating your trading partners right whether they're your suppliers your customers your logistics service providers that's facilitating kind of that, the ability to connect to trading partners, maintain those connections, and share uh, data and information across trading partners more in a more effective and scalable manner?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, I think the, the key instrument of getting that, that buy-in with those trading partners is, as you do this and you approach this, we have the flexibility to bring them on board much easier now with the technologies. We have a, uh, the ability to make them a, a data point or a data flow into our uh, integrated solutions. But what the, the the point to to differentiate is, as you do that, build that partnership with them, provide value back to that partner so that their participation in your network and providing you the data gives something in return to them. For example, it helps with their uh, management of their supply chain or their velocity. The data you provide back for being a, part, a member of yours. Is something of value back to them, and I think that's a real key. That the technology is there to provide the integration. It's the partnership that that you gain, and that partner comes from partnership comes from being able to provide something back to them that's useful for them in their business.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a very important point. Uh, you know, uh, the other thing that I see, and I'd be curious your, your point there regarding trading partners is, you know, the importance now as part of having that integrated supply chain technology, integrated view, you, you know part of the challenge historically was it was kind of the 80-20 rule, right? You were you were connected to kind of the 20% of suppliers and trading partners that accounted for 80% of your transactions. Mm-hmm. And that was probably good enough for you can kind of get away with the, the, the margin for error was okay in you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, but relative to the Amazon effect and everything that we we talked about earlier, you know, that margin for error is, is, is getting smaller and smaller. So now you really need to you know, bring in, you know, those 80% of trading partners that perhaps weren't connected or you weren't kind of sharing information back and forth, I would assume that these new technologies are helping to facilitate bringing in the, the, the kind of the long tail of supply chain?
1: Absolutely. Look, uh, for example, case in point would be look at mobility. Uh, you know, in the day, if, let's take a carrier, uh, for example, carrier connectivity to help you in your distribution, your network to your customer base, and ensuring customer understands visibility into where their deliveries are. Back, you know, you used to say, well, if I get 80, 20 percent of my carriers on board, I'll have 80 percent of my deliveries. But it's says other 20 percent. With a solution now like mobility, a driver only needs to, or a carrier would only need to download an app onto their phone and be compliant and able to provide data back and forth and be a part of your network. Where before. That technology didn't exist. They had to either hard code integrations back to their uh, their their dispatch, which would go back through a van or, you know, push three times a day or pushed uh, you know, through a, a telematics. But today with the advent of this technology, you, you can extend out to those very small players and, and include them in part of your, your integrated supply chain network.
0: Yeah, no, great, great, great example there. I mean, what, so so let's talk about some of the benefits. I mean, what are the the main benefits that companies are achieving now? You know, thanks to having an integrated supply chain technology.
1: Sure, I think um, you know one is leveraging data. Uh, when you have an integrated supply chain, and you're talking again about like the control tower, I think the ability to leverage aggregated data, normalized data, and really move into away from uh, historical analytics to business intelligence which is forward-looking and be able to make decisions that's a key benefit I think the other is uh, benefit is you inherently uh, uh, can adapt uh, a better uh, security model now I think security is much more enhanced in the networks as well uh, you know there's companies that even provide uh, security with single sign-ons and such so I think there's a benefit of, uh, of network security as well Uh, The other aspect, I think, is, you know, companies can actually go out and purchase best of breed point solutions and incorporate those into a holistic vision versus having to settle for, well, I have to accept this package or this module because that's what comes with my broader offering so that you can have the best in breed and still uh, integrate them. I think lastly is for those smaller companies that are coming on board in the market today and they're trying to grow through acquisition. Uh, it gives them the opportunity to compete with those larger players because you now have the technology and the tools that you can bring bring your solutions together and have that same analytical visibility and connectivity that, that really took years and millions of dollars in the past to be at that competitive level.
0: You know, that, that last point around the, the M&A, I, you know, you've seen that in the past for sure, you know, where companies have, you know, two or three companies have come together, even just two companies have come together, and they say, okay, we have to you know, rationalize our IT architecture here. So let's go to a single instance of X, right, Right. around the world. And now you're like five years in and you're still not fully deployed. And, uh, you know, and and that solution might have been great in North America, but it's not so good in Europe or in Asia, whereas now you're ripping out a solution that was very good in Asia to try to get to the single instance of this one application that might not be good there. Um, So now you've wasted five years. You're kind of uh, – you know, putting in a solution that may not be the best fit in, for, for, for various reasons in different parts of the world. Whereas I think what, what I'm seeing more and more all these days is to say, hey, you know what, if, to your point, you know, this, this might be a best of breed or a best of region or a best in class ap- application for this particular process, for this particular region, for this particular aspect of our supply chain. Let's keep it there. But because we need the that integrated view, because we need that integrated uh, way of synchronizing processes, let's layer in some of these control tower technology and and other, these newer solutions to help out orchestrate between the applications. Right.
1: And then there's layers like the, you know, you'll have middleware that can normalize data. So to your point, I can take a CRM tool that's good in Asia Pacific and keep one that's more specified for uh, North America. I can keep uh, two backbone ERP systems in place, take those data elements, normalize that data Uh, through uh, middleware and and then still aggregate it to a control tower and have the same holistic, top-down, centralized view of my my network, but allow that autonomy uh, independently in the regions where it makes more sense.
0: Right. And I think the other, going back to the point about trading partners, I mean, the reality is you can invest all the time and money that you want to get to one single behemoth solution within your four walls. But Mm -hmm. the reality is that, you, you know, a lot of that data, a lot of the information, a lot of the orchestration and synchronization you need to do is with external trading partners. And they're right. going to have different systems and they're going to have different applications and, and, and so forth. So you're never truly going to get to that one, app, you know, one solution, right? So I, I think that's the other, you know, part of that. Uh, well, Jason, we're running short on time here. So I'm just going to go right to, to my last question here. I mean, what, what actions should companies take then today to achieve kind of an integrated supply chain technology? I mean, what's What's the first step?
1: Uh, in my opinion, from the experience that I've, I've done working with our customers over the last years, it's, and you're looking at what, the, what it entails to, to migrate to this model, I think it's, it's really to do a self-evaluation on your agility and your resiliency uh, to adopt this type of change. When I say agility, it's do you have the flexibility as an organization, both, both from the, the operational, the IT, and the social uh, climate, as well as the resilience? This isn't an easy process all the time. It's you know, you're going you might bump up and have to fail and, and you'd have to have the resiliency to keep going after it, knowing that the, the larger prize at the end is is the is the goal. So first it's really do a self-evaluation of are you are you ready to undertake this type of change at this velocity? Second, I think is really you have to document your current processes, your gaps and your requirements. You have to really have a good understanding of where do you have solutions in place that are working and where do you need uh, connectivity or, or, or uh, help uh, in your supply chain. And I think finally, uh, th- this is a key differentiator is you need to seek partners, not just vendors in these technologies. And the way I say that is a vendor is somebody who simply offers you the technology or the connectivity and then allows you to uh, build and grow upon your own. But a true partner, somebody who's going to partner with you relies upon their industry exp- experience or expertise and helps you to achieve greater at the end. And then not once the implementation or the the solution is put in, they continue to help you drive value uh, for your organization as you grow. So I think those are the the, the key. And the last point is, you know, with all, any architectural structure you look at, keep thinking about that blockchain because it is coming. So anything we're taking the initiative to put in place today, we should look at and understand at least the framework of how is the constructs of blockchain going to impact my integrated supply chain going forward? Because we're going to have to adapt to that next.
0: You know, a a lot of great uh, advice and and food for thought there, uh, uh, Jason. And, um, you know, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, we always just manage to scratch the surface on on these topics, but I think we we hit a lot of, you know, great points. And I think, um, you know, we're going to continue to see, you know, this trend and and this, um, uh, you know, objective continue to become more and more important in terms of getting to this integrated Uh, you you know, state. So again, Jason, thank you for uh, making the time to be with us today.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Adrian. Appreciate the time as well.
0: Great. Uh, Thank thank you to those of you that joined us. Uh, If you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Blue Jay Solutions website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a a question or a comment for uh, Jason, you can post it there and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.